I don't know that I was killing it with makeup. I don't know that I was killing it with teaching, but I kill. I put them together, yeah. and now I'm killing it. Yeah, I'd absolutely. like to say. Anyways, right? Well, we're doing well, and so. I loved that because I thought, you know, this is so true even for artists, all the students that we teach. You, there's so much competition, right? We have, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 graduates. everybody welcome to make up your life we have a very special guest today we are excited to talk to that we've been gushing about all morning kind of <laughs> dancing around my office trying to figure out all right how do we make this perfect uh kelsey's gonna get into that in a little bit but just to give an intro to the show if you if you are new to make up your life uh what we're trying to do is show everybody there's so many different journeys you can take through the world of makeup uh, we, we've had conversations with people that are in special effects and in beauty, but it's not just that. We've also had conversations with people that have turned it into sales positions. And uh, today, we're going to talk to the owner of a thriving academy in Michigan. And uh, just, just goes to show you that you can take your passion in so many different directions. Uh, but the other thing we want to talk about in the show is, is the journey to get there. And so far... We have not gotten a single repeat of a story, no, so we haven't. know we're going to get another different one today. And uh, Kelsey, if you want to take over my co-host here, and I didn't introduce myself again. This is I'm Matt Clink. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Matt. really. <laughs> you should really do that in your intro. This is Matt Clink. <laughs> some glasses. We actually should. We can oh, get some Foley. Cool. Yeah. That could be super cool. What was that? I don't know. This is... That was fun. It was my uh, walkie-talkie, because I'm too lazy to go talk to my team. <laughs> <laughs> so I All use right. a walkie-talkie so that I don't have to... It's efficient. ...walk five steps outside my office. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. So I mean, as a, crazy. as a business owner, it's Yes. So, who you hear talking right now is Miss De Mrs. Devon Testagrossa. Um, she has over 25 years um, working as an entrepreneur, working as a makeup artist, um, and setting a precedent for sanitation standards here in the Detroit area, Michigan, and hopefully worldwide. Actually, you're you're pushing worldwide right now, aren't you? Well, we're trying our best. Yeah. You're speaking about sanitation conversation. I am. Yes. So a newly launched uh, entity for me, yeah. and yes, we are, you know, in the infancy, but that is the goal. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's so good to have you here today, Devon. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we are too. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you've done in the past, just little snippets of jobs that you've done, career moves, um, just a little intro, and then we'll get into some more questions for you. Yeah. Well, I think everyone is curious like how did I get started yes and I think it's actually an interesting story and probably some listeners could relate to this but mm -hmm. I was in my college dorm and always played with makeup loved makeup my mom and my aunt worked for Estee Lauder and like big companies that now are kind of well they've rebranded themselves but they were like old catered to older older women or a more mature audience I should say mm -hmm. but I learned a lot of things from them and they loved it and um, so anyways, I'm in my dorm room, and my neighbor, who was a Detroit Piston dancer, mm. said, can you do my makeup for tonight's show? And I was like, oh, wow, does she think I'm that, I mean, I don't know, does she think I'm that good? I could do it on her. So yeah. then I did, and um, they hired me. Whoever saw it, which was the um, team manager for the, the dancers, and sadly, I got paid more than they did. It was wow. Like 35, they got paid $35 a game 
and I've got paid like 150. This is like Whoa. 20 years Whoa. ago. Whoa! I know. It's very how many? <laughs> how many girls were you doing? I only did about six or seven because there was two of us there. Okay. Um, but that was my first gig, and that was the the light bulb that went off that said, "Oh my gosh, you can do something like you like, like love and like, and like yeah. it's your hobby, but you can actually make money at it." That was the first light bulb. Okay. And then I started working at Sephora while I was in college. Mm -hmm. This is like a million years ago. <laughs> and same situation where there was a woman who's still my very good friend and actually um, was the general manager of one of my salons. But she said, do you have a card? <laughs> After I did her makeup, I thought, a card? I had a card. <laughs> oh, a business card? And I, so then my You're manager like, no, I'm, said. I'm from this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was she saying? So then my manager said to me, oh, yeah, she's asking you, like, do you have a business card so you can freelance? And I went, freelance? Like, no idea what that even meant, right? Yeah. So anyway, she, it, it's kind of like most um, bridal bridal families I've done. You do one, you do them all, right? So okay. she's, her name's Gloria, and she got me started. Mm -hmm. And another light bulb, I just was like, what? She's like, oh, my sister's coming from Italy. We want somebody to come to the house. And not a lot of people were doing that at that time. And in fact, I used to, I started advertising shortly after that on a bridal website, and I was the only on-site hair and makeup. And now there's wow. got to be 200, I would guess, and the not, right? I was the very yeah. first, like, contract. Isn't that crazy? Um, but anyways, it was. And it makes me feel old when I think about, like, how long ago that was. <laughs> the um, has blown up like crazy It has. Now. It has. And it, wow. it wasn't always that way. It was very small. Okay. So anyhow, after that, then I just said, oh, my gosh, I can actually make this my career. And so I was actually going to school for teaching. So how the irony, right, in owning a school, a makeup school, right? right. So it's really both my passions, teaching and leading and educating and doing makeup. So that's really where my journey started was kind of that boost of confidence, like, okay, now this is the second person, mm -hmm. and they're asking me for a business card. I might have some, you know, kind of skill here. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, before you got that opportunity, just so that everybody can kind of feel that, I mean, you weren't you weren't thinking makeup, right? You were thinking... No. You, you talk about the education background. Like, where, where, where was your head at, like, for sure? Like, maybe the last couple years of high school, or maybe if you weren't sure, you were like, these were the, the places that I, I am thinking of going. I, when high school, I really thought I was going to be an accountant, which is funny now, because I don't even oh, balance yeah. my checkbook. Like, I hate that. It's a waste of my time. <laughs> I just keep throwing money in there, right? That sounds crazy, but yeah, I, I, it's yeah. just something that is annoying to me. Like, so, I went through high school as, like, a nerd, got bullied for it, but I feel like I would bully the accountant. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that feels the like... would bully the accountant. <laughs> like, yeah, I like video games, but you do math all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think I liked the accountability and that there was always, you had to have a perfect answer yeah. at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't Absolutely. be um, out of balance. And I don't know. I, I kind of dig, was digging that. That was, that was like the one thing, like, uh, you know, you know, I have like a finance background, but I, I tried accounting and I just like some of the projects that I would have to do was you would you would get this folder of like invoices and you had to make sure it all balanced yeah and that's what you turned in that's how you got an a was it would balance and i would be up until three in the morning and i'd be off by like thousands of dollars and i'm just like i can't get this and it was like the one project i dropped out of the class well i don't know because i'm a little older than you but i'm not sure if did you have to put it in the little tiny boxes because back in the day because remember i went to school over 25 years ago, I mean, I graduated high school, um, it was little tiny like grids, okay? And that's where you had to write, nothing was uh, on the computer, Not everything uh, was paper, and was, it was very tedious because if one number was off, you had to erase that entire oh page. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that, that was it right there yeah. was, uh, like, I, I have, I will say it's tough to remember because I've tried to block it completely. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that was that was the assignment was doing accounting from like working on a project for a business that's probably at the time was like thirty you know thirty years old or like doing a project from thirty years prior. Yeah. So it was something where you weren't allowed to use any programs, you weren't allowed to use like, yeah, go into, like, and not even anything, anything you're interested in. Which yeah. probably was yeah. the you know. I mean, yeah, I'm sitting here now and we're 
recording a podcast, which is like half my life. So how amazingly bored would it? You were talking about numbers. Yeah, exactly. Um, But no, I I mean, the reason I I wanted to ask that question is because I know just, I mean, I just brought up my story and like how different that can turn out. Mm -hmm. And then teaching. I knew, I really, really loved teaching. I just love education anyway. So I'm kind of an education junkie. I finally stopped. Like stop with the certificates, stop with the licenses because I went into real estate for a hot second, like went to get my real estate license. I loved learning about all that. And then finally I was like, just stop the madness, right? Let's, let's hone in on what you're good at and what you love. Your LinkedIn page can only get so long. Yeah. (laughs) Eventually it says click here to see more and all those other certificates and licenses don't even matter yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that is me for sure Um, but I always thought teaching and then I did graduate college with my teaching degree and um, I knew instantly it was way too political because I really was there for the kids Mm -hmm. and I had such a passion I worked in the inner city that was my first gig and I thought oh my gosh I'm never gonna make it because you know you kind of just had to close your mouth and look the other way and You know, I wanted to tell on every teacher in there, right, That what yeah. the things they were doing. Because a lot of these kids were in foster care or there wasn't a voice for them. And so um, it got really ugly. And, and my final decision kind of on that was there was a kid who was chewing gum. And, and I just have to tell this story because, you know, you're saying, where did you come from? It's it, This was like pivotal for me. Here yes. I had just finished four years of college, which yeah. actually took me 10 years. It took me 10 years to get my degree, okay? So everyone out there, don't feel discouraged. I changed so many times. We've had this conversation before. My my first degree was, uh, what what would that be? Six and a half years. Yep. Oh, God. Okay. I don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know. Yeah, how and and I college. and I had gone to yeah. a business college um, called Detroit College of Business. Detroit okay. College of it. It's non-existent. Okay. So then, of course, when I went to transfer, <laughs> nothing transferred. I was like, "Is this even a legit school?" Um, but there wasn't a lot of college business colleges back then. So, anyways, I ended up going mainstream and deciding I was going to teach. But the pivotal moment was. Um, there was a kid chewing gum, and it was a teacher that had been there 30-something years. It was in Pontiac. And um, she asked him to get the gum out of the garbage and put it on his nose. I mean, this is like something you'd see in a movie, yeah. right? Like, this was real life. He couldn't find it, and then it had, you know, um, pencil shavings all over it, oh, right? It was just, aw. like, terrible. And then he had to stand in the corner with his arms up. This is just like straight up abuse, yeah. right? Yeah, Did you ever stand, cool. put your arms up for even a minute, okay? Yeah. It hurts, tired. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And That's then, the punishment in Officer and a Gentleman. Or, uh, did you guys ever see that? I didn't, no. Uh, no, well, but I'm terrible at movies. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is, uh, this is a military film. And to punish the guy in the military, he has oh, to do the God. sitting on the ground with your... your um, feet up six inches mm-hmm. and he had to keep it at six inches yeah. he couldn't go any it was higher, horrifying and this is lower. this was a first grader yes. right and this um first grader? first grader yeah it was awful oh. and then the even worse than that is she's doing the lesson and he's shouting he wants so bad to participate right and he's raising his hand in the back she's ignoring him he was not allowed to participate in class and do any academic work the rest of the day and that was probably more hurtful to me like or or more like you know made me feel just awful that the only way this kid's life is going to change is with education and you're even taking that from him because later I found out he was a foster child because so I thought you know he's not going home to tell the foster parents he doesn't want to get kicked out of there cause them a problem or anything else right so no one was going to know this so it's interesting because and, and and For those of you listening that are kind of that whistleblower, you know, follow through with that because you'll change somebody's life. So I almost didn't graduate. I've never told anybody this. I almost didn't graduate. I had to go in front of a panel because I told on that teacher. It was so political. And I thought, I mean, I had already done my degree and um, this was one of my, I forget what they call it now, but you had to put in a certain amount of hours. So I'm already done, right? But they threatened to hold my degree. And I thought, over doing the yeah. right thing, over this fighting for this kid that n- didn't have a voice. So I knew shortly after that, oh, I'm never going to make it. I am never going to make it in the school system. Yeah. 
So I had done a couple long-term sub jobs, you know, just, to, and then right away went into, I started freelancing mm -hmm. and then eventually um, got my aesthetics license because I wanted to open a salon mm -hmm. and I wanted just to know more about services, right? Um, but that was a, I knew, like it's done. The last 10 years of my life struggling to just say, get this degree, you know, be done. Yeah. We're done. We're all over. So how did it feel to go from having spent so much time focusing on one thing to saying, well, I guess that's over now, let's start new. How did that, what did that feel like? Was it freeing? Was it overwhelming? I think thankfully I was young enough that, um, you know, I was probably in my mid-late, probably my late 20s, mm -hmm. so you figure if it was 10 years, um, that I, I think at the time it just felt like, you know what, I didn't want to be told what to do. I wanted to do things. My, like I was really starting to understand. All I had, I don't know how many jobs as a kid, right? When everybody else had like one, one, two, I probably had 15. So I really started to realize I'm actually not the problem. I'm a leader. And, and I can't continue to try and put myself in systems or institutions or even situations where I can't be the leader because I'm going to fail at life. And so I did work in a salon for a short time. I'm not even kidding. I think it was six weeks after I got my aesthetics license. And then I opened my own. It was just like, okay, yep, I'm ready to go. And so I think as because I was older, I finally had the confidence to say, I don't care if I'm different. And I don't care if I can't listen to anybody. And I can't, I don't care if I'm so, you know, defiant to, to show you a better way. I don't care. Yeah. I'm done. Right? So I think that... Um, it probably was freeing. I didn't know that at the moment because, you know, of course, I was the first one to graduate from college in my family, and it, that was important, especially my family being immigrants, right? That was very important to my grandfather. And so I was doing all that for someone else, and, and I knew, and, and it took me to 28, 29 years old to realize that. Yeah. And But thankfully I did. And then I, you know, then it just goes on from there. Then I became a serial entrepreneur to, to figure it out, you know. I was going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And now you're your own boss for how many companies now? How many businesses do you own? Totally? Currently, I have three. Three businesses. You so I have them? Yes. So Multimedia Makeup Academy, which, I've you know, we're coming it. up. You've heard of it, Matt. Yeah. It. <laughs> we're coming up on our 10 years. So this is my, you know, longest, most successful. Um, I launched. In, by the time this comes out, you'll be in your 10 year. In, your, in my 10 year, you'll yeah. You'll it. Awesome. <laughs> this is going to be the future. Oh, We're looking into the future. Well, I just think, it's well, crazy. every year that's it gets older. I do, too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and then I have a sanitation conversation that we launched earlier this year, which is a um, basically a spinoff of really what the students at the academy had presented to myself and the instructors, which was, um, you know, the lack of sanitation on sets and, and different jobs and their concern, right, for the, the either the talent or their customers or what have you. And so they, they really are the ones who propelled me to decide to take a stand. And so we created, through Sanitation Conversation, we have um, training and certification. And so you take the online training. It tells you how to properly handle your station or your brushes or your kit and your clients, avoid cross-contamination, bacteria, right, harmful diseases. And so, and we have kits that, that complement that. So that was launched back in... Uh, March, April of this year. And then I have Omni Beauty Group, which we launched last year. And it um, is it caters to corporate retailers. So we provide uh, core competency training for um, corporate retailers, which basically means, you know, um, somebody, maybe a client like CVS decides to launch a beauty pillar, but they don't know how to set up the training or really what's involved in basic skills or core competencies, whatever you want to call it. And so we've, we've put something, an online program to make it very easy for onboarding, uh, especially mass onboarding when you're talking about 30,000 employees, right? How do you run all across the country and do all kinds of trainings? Right. So a solution for that. And then also, again, our integrity, um, coming from the school about how we feel about those core competencies because they're all they're taught so differently right and lots of bias so yes we've created this online program um, that Omni Beauty Group hosts and we are um, marketing to you know big conglomerates in hopes to um, get their 
get their employees properly trained and certified. And this is all self-made, too. You, you graduated, you didn't graduate with a business degree. I did not. So this is all self-made. This is all self-propelled. That's remarkable. Wow. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? I am. You know, it takes, I think that the when we moved into this new building, where we're all talking right now, right, at yeah. Multimedia, um, I think that was finally the, because I'm always looking to, you know, you have a vision. And so I always had the vision for the space we're in right now, which is almost 7,000 square feet, right? Multiple classrooms, lots of amenities for students. And I always envisioned that. I never envisioned myself where we started, which was 900 square feet, one classroom, one class, right? We now have four programs. And so I always envisioned this. And I think finally last year when we, when we moved into the new space, I was like, I did it. But it wasn't until that time, you know, the 10 years or the nine years leading up to that, yeah. I knew it wasn't enough. And, and for some people, they'd say, oh, you're just so driven, you know, but you don't stop. You don't know how to balance. It's not true. I have a vision in my head. And when I get there, then I can let my foot off the gas, right? So I think, Kelsey, to answer your question, I finally gave myself some kind of credit when we moved into the new space because it was something physical I could look at. Sometimes you don't realize how many lives you've impacted or how many, you know, have you changed um, the industry as a whole, right, by, by having these set of standards and the, and the culture we create and the students that now go out into the industry raising the bar, right? Sometimes that's hard to see yeah. and you forget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but when I walk into the building, it was something tangible, and, and that was the, the real breakthrough for me. This is Matt from Make Up Your Life. I'm here to tell you about Multimedia Makeup Academy, the premier makeup school that prides itself on being number one in makeup practices and standards. If you're interested in starting a career that boasts an average salary of $75,000, has a completely flexible working schedule, and will help you find that connection between doing what you love and making a little bit of money, then text TOUR, T-O-U-R, to 248-595-7967 or head to mma-makeupacademy.com. I wanted to ask, um, like, when a, I know you're you're in your element now. Like, since we've met, this is where you belong mm-hmm. this, in these types of roles. Um, yes. And to not put it as a role is to, like, say, you know, an accountant would be a role. But um, I, we're trying to tell the story of, like, uh, for everybody that's on the show, you know, so many different ways that you make makeup a part of your uh, career going forward. So, a couple of questions leading into this, but um, do you do you miss doing the freelance makeup work? Do you do you look back at that now that you're here? Like like I said, this is where you belong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you see now, or is it more of like that was just the necessary part I had to live through to get to where I'm at now? I think it's a little of both. I don't miss it only because. I, I was, had done I, it for say, so long. I was long. hoping you were going to say you yeah. don't miss it. <laughs> I don't miss it. No, I don't. And I think anybody in the industry or that's in, in this kind of field, whether it's hair or makeup, you there is burnout. There is such a yeah. thing as burnout. You know, when you're doing it because you love it and it's fun, and then it does become a job like anything else. If you're successful at it, it will become a job. And so um, that definitely, I would say probably five years ago, I knew that, like, oh, I am hating this. But I didn't make enough at the school quite yet to not have that supplement. And at that point, I was making, you know, I wouldn't even leave the house for less than $1,200 on a Saturday morning, which in the Midwest was pretty good money, you know, for a couple of hours. So then I couldn't, then I was kind of addicted to that too, like, ah, I can't let, but I knew I couldn't grow, right? So I, um, I, I anyways, I just kept on and, um, I'm getting lost in the question. So, and I'm trying not to have make you edit everything. 
Um, so I, well, I don't miss it, though. and I do feel like when I look back, because yeah. I see how in love the girls are with makeup or product, or and I wasn't that person. I was like very. Um, realistic about what I put in my kit. Yeah. I didn't go overboard. I was like, I have to have these five colors because they're just so awesome. I was like, no, brides are never going to wear that. I'm not buying it. Right. That's exactly how I, I was. Very with my frugal kit. with my yep. kit. Very, very frugal. And um, and which is you know why I was successful and made a lot of money. I also, you know, well that's a different tangent. But um, I think you're right, Matt. I knew there was a bigger purpose, but it's yeah. almost like um, you have to learn right from the bottom up in order to really run you know for example the school if I hadn't have done that there's no way I could lead or teach anybody else right yeah, I had all that experience so there's no doubt I'm in my element I've always been so even when I was freelancing it was not just freelancing it was like oh I have a team of people and we're on the net and you can book us online and you know I was way ahead of my time before anybody else 20 years ago so I was always and then I you know oh, I have touch-up kits and I have Things people weren't thinking of these things, right? So I think always I was business minded first yeah. and a makeup artist second. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, I'm sitting here in front of you wearing a, an X Men sweater, so I'm a huge fan of origin stories, and I've watched all the comic book movies and things like that. So uh, what happens is you start to dissect like the philosophy of what's going on, even in a comic book. Somebody is way deeper, has so many layers to the onion than uh, one might imagine. So yeah. hearing your origin story right now, I can tell, like, if it was you going through those paths of being the whistleblower and your dedication to education, like, it, it almost, you, you, if you wrote that story, you wrote that comic book, you'd say, it's not done. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're done now, but you're definitely, like, this is, you would, you would have other stories in mind that you'd be telling if this wasn't where you were supposed to be, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, I mean, that's that's success to me. Like, if you can make that relation between these are the things that... It's not just, like, this makes me happy, but they're, they're the things that... Maybe it's more than just sleeping at night, but it, it's it's what you're passionate about. And I think you're... You're, you are most passionate, I'm trying not to sound like a Michigander, you're most passionate about, <laughs> you are most passionate about seeing others grow. And I think it started when, or you, you started to see that once there was a little kid who, that growth could be stunted, for all we know, he has PTSD every time he sees a stick of gum. Uh, adjust a little bit, but I mean yeah. that could actually be the truth. Uh, no, I would and, I would agree. And uh, you know, working with uh, yeah, we'll we'll break the fourth wall. Working with you now, I know that uh, we talked at length yesterday, not on this podcast, and it couldn't be. I don't know. It just I, I don't know how anybody else could dissect what you are most passionate about because you are a great leader. But all that leadership is focused around seeing everyone else grow. And that's a huge element of leadership. And mm -hmm. I, I like seeing this team um, and seeing what's been going on here because of your decision-making and what's going on. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. I would agree with you. I think that <laughs> I, I, I would tell – I mean, I've never – you know, when yeah. some, yeah. somebody else brings a different perspective, you're like, oh, I never quite thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. I have been – told you know that that is one of my best qualities as a leader is wanting somebody to even excel beyond what I could ever do and yeah. I've always done that and and even when I owned a salon I had two girls leave and open their own salon and I that was a compliment yeah. like by no means competition like wow that's amazing that I empowered them because I really believe that yeah. to do it on their own so um I would agree and I think that you know I didn't come from a cookie cutter perfect upbringing I was raised by my grandparents, and it was a good childhood. We'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll have cocktails. Um, but <laughs> I think that if I, you know, education is really the single most important tool to changing your life. And I knew with people around me, family members or, you know, even people I had gone to school with, I don't want that life. And the only real tool I have is education to get me out of it. And it doesn't even always mean formal education, like college, right? It just meant being educated, being intellectual, continuing to grow myself. Yeah. And so 
yes, I think that why is why I've always clung to education, and it is so important to me. Um, you know, it, it, at the school, I require uh, education in order to stay employed, right? I mean, yeah. it's a requirement, right. and, and as any business should, but I, I really do mandate it, and that's because it's so important to me um, for our team to stay connected and propel forward. You have to continue to grow. Yeah, I, I told you yesterday that I started calculating my numbers. Yeah. Um, but it, like, I'd have to, I'd have to test that to the the opportunities you've given me. So then, there hasn't been a moment where you're like, you know what, that's going too far outside of your your realm. So don't don't waste time learning that. But ultimately, what the point I'm making is, you asked for sixty hours. And I stopped calculating how many hours I've done in extracurricular schooling this past year because I hit 120, and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I think if I just put more things on here, it's more like I'm making a point. But, um, but so yeah, if there was 40... a ranking with employees, yeah, Matt would be at the top. <laughs> Victory! You just earned brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I just had a donut with brownies on it, so yes. that was from Devon, so it all makes sense now. You planted those donuts. <laughs> I did. Okay. So are you still, are you still getting educated yourself? Are you still going to seminars? Are you still mm-hmm. reaching out to people to learn things? What are what are you doing now? To I am. Educated? I would say my most recent um, uh, certificate. Okay, I am a little guilty of still collecting things. Um, <laughs> I took a one week course with Brendan Bouchard as a certified life coach, performance coach, right? So I I love leadership. I love coaching. I don't know that, you know, my journey will take me on -on one-on-one coaching, Mm -hmm. but I definitely might be a Rachel Hollis of the world someday. Um, I just think I have a lot, uh, a lot to share. And and the more I converse with people, so whether, you know, I've battled with Lyme's disease, which then they said was Epstein-Barr and all these health issues, right? And then I have a son on the spectrum and I have all these businesses and I just have so much stuff to share. You have a husband with an injured leg. I have a husband with an injured, that happened yesterday. Um, (laughs) And so I, I really just believe I have so much to share and I really want to keep nurturing that. So that's why I chose um, the certification in the high performance coach because I thought, oh, this is right where I'm kind of, you know, going in my life. And so that was the last thing. But then I, you know, took a click funnels class and, a, you know, always some random things about little nuggets of information. Um, my last, I guess my last little thing I'm working on, well, the thing current that I'm working on currently is um, James Clear's uh, atomic habits and he has a journal and so okay. I'm really trying to like study the journal because it's like came with blank pages and I was like okay. wait I thought I was buying this because you're gonna help me figure it out um <laughs> figure it so, out yourself yeah so it's like says. so so I I wow. consider that education because now I got to figure out how to yeah. make my habits you know stick with yeah. this blank journal so you didn't uh, you didn't go to the website and get the contact us number. Let them know that you got a misprint. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't because I bought Brandy one too, and she's like, um, "Did you see the journal?" I was like, "No." Is it awesome? Yeah. And she's right. like, "No, it's actually blank." I was like, "Okay, yay for that." So, anyways, yes, I always loved you know something. Something's got it, and I'm always listening to audiobooks, podcasts. I mean, I'm just all the time. It, you know, any any little chance I get, because I do have two kiddos, so it's definitely difficult to read. So I love listening to audiobooks in the car, and those are great little nuggets. You know, you just start constantly learning. Yeah, like when, when I'm trying to figure out, like, what I had done education-wise, then that kind of dawned on me, and I was like, oh, so, like, four times a week I'm listening to, uh, like, three different marketing podcasts, and that... What's your that favorite podcast, up. Matt? Well... Social media. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick mine. <laughs> I actually. I, I will say sometimes when I when I'm listening to my own shows. I mean, it. Here, I, you know, here here's the meta, right? Because somebody's listening to this now, but I'm just like, oh my god, that voice, that laugh. How does anybody listen to that? But um. <laughs> well, we're we're all our own worst self critics, you yeah. know. So. You're not alone in that. But if if you had to pick like a uh, like a good education or, or a good educational um, 
podcast or whatever kind of audio thing that you're consuming, it's and they're not paying us, but uh, the social media marketing examiner, like so many things that we've done at the at the academy are because they bring up uh, either they do they do like a forty five minute conversation on strategy. Okay. And then they also do a 15-minute conversation to start every episode on, like, a brand-new application that's out there. So mm-hmm. it's, like, experiment with the app for a week. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of been my, my protocol. See yeah. if there's anything to it. And then see how, like, the strategy could be implemented with what we do. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, a great way to, one, just make sure that whatever we're doing stays fresh. But yeah. it's also good to just hear, like, they have the stories behind like how the strategies came to be, kind of like how we're having this conversation now. So you learn the strategies that are successful for people, but you also hear all the great stories of people getting into marketing and like the kind of ways that you, you make, you you know, like you're making makeup um, work into a career of education and um, growth. And these other individuals, uh, maybe something similar to like what I'm doing of like taking a podcast career but then spinning that into into something else like like marketing yeah you know it's interesting because i just was i'm listening to the atomic um atomic habits for a second time because i like to hurry up get through it and then like really then go through and and listen a little closer um but i loved this and and i'm going to screw up the example because it was lengthy and intricate and I was like lost but he was talking about um how you know when you can't compete in this certain lane right with the skills you have because you're just not good enough right and, and he talked about how he had various degrees James did he had various degrees but but because he wasn't really great at any one of them like biochemistry right but with all of them together he now was a competitor of his own and I thought that was so powerful because I thought, that's exactly what I did here. I don't know that I was killing it with makeup. I don't know that I was killing it with teaching. But I kill, I put them together, yeah. and now I'm killing it. Yeah, I'd absolutely. like to say. Anyways, right? Well, we're doing well. And so I loved that because I thought, you know, this is so true even for artists, all the students that we teach. You, There's so much competition, right? We have, t- you know, I don't know, 50, 60 graduates. Um, we just had in, I don't know, was it July or something? So August. you look, August? Yeah. Oh, you were there. I was there. I graduated yes. in August. Okay. So see, there you go. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah, right. It's all a blur. I'm not a dates person. That's okay. I'm really not. Um, but anyway, I was thinking they're all got to find their niche, right? Yeah. And we say niche, but that's so just not enough like okay you have a niche because what you put winged eyeliner on a little different (laughs) Uh, it's got to be a little more than that right and so um I thought that was just brilliant and that's truly I I think why I've become successful because I created my own competition right I, I did my own thing so you know do we have the connections that LA or Hollywood have or Atlanta no we, we don't we're not next door to a movie production house right, right. Um, but the way we teach effects or the way we teach film makeup is in and of itself one and you can attest to this right, right. is innovative right we try and stay current and practical because yes. some of them aren't practical Christine and I were talking about animaltronics you know or isn't that how you say it? Right? Animatronics. Animatronics. Yes. I said animal. It's Animatronics. Okay. It's basically. It's yeah, awesome. It's okay, but <laughs> I really believe sure. with all of the different effects that film can do, yeah. will that be a thing? You know what I mean? Where they're actually building that? I right. think in some capacity, but probably not not like it was 20 years ago. Right. So I, I think we, 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 you know, our why we've been successful is because of the different things that we've taken We've, we've decided to teach differently. And, you know, we don't have celebrity artists here teaching the classes. Um, and, and so for some people, that notoriety of, and credibility is like, oh, I'm learning from so-and-so. And what we've learned is that I hire great facilitators that are also really great at makeup. I don't hire really great makeup artists that are also okay facilitators because you can't learn that way, right? So we've created our own niche market. Almost everybody that's, that's on our... Um, our team, as far as instructing, has either taught in a real-life classroom um, or has been taught by us. And so we don't just hi- hire anybody. Right. They're either homegrown or they have they have classroom management from another. And, and if anybody, I mean, this is something I grew up, like, with watching. Um, my dad and I watching golf. 
and this is just to kind of bring around that point of how much it, it makes sense for you to be saying what you're saying, but Tiger Woods, I mean, we all recognize that name. Yeah. He's a pro golfer. He did not need Jack Nicklaus as his caddy. He needed the guy who was his caddy, and his name escapes me right now, so this point is getting kind of lost. Yeah. But without that caddy on the course with him, he wouldn't have been as successful as he was. You need the guy that knows the game better than what Tiger Woods is doing. Tiger yeah. Woods is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna build the Tiger Woods, but you need the person that can actually explain how to get Tiger to be Tiger for him to be that successful. Yeah. Like that that's been in every walk of life. If there was a guy that could teach Wayne Gretzky how to play hockey as well as Gretzky played it, why would he be wasting his time first of all <laughs> teaching it? Because uh, he'd be out there scoring, you know, 300 goals a season just like Gretzky. But Gretzky wouldn't be where he's at without the right coaches. Like, you, yeah. you need those people that can explain things the right way. And there's a lot of talent out there, but the talent isn't going to fully find itself or become the artists they were meant to be without the person who can actually explain the processes properly. Well, I think, and everybody knows, you can't survive on talent alone. I yeah. don't care what realm or what Absolutely. industry, you just won't. And, and this right. is often, um, you know, a downfall for artists because they think, oh, my gosh, I'm amazing. And they are amazing, right? And they don't have any business sense or they don't have people skills or soft skills, right? Right. And so that awesome talent is just never goes anywhere because they don't yeah. have other it's things lost. to support it. Yeah. It really is lost. And it's mm -hmm. interesting that um, I'm going to get a little bit back to – the competition part that you were talking about a little bit earlier, that here at the academy we are taught that um, this is a competitive market, but earlier you also said, you know, it's not a competition because we're building each other up. When your girls left your salon and started their salon, you were stoked for them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic between, yes, there is competition out there, but also we are all artists and we all need to support each other as well, you know? Um, do yep. you find that there's competition in a business sense as well? Are you guys still building each other up in the business aspect of it or is it more competitive? I think that it is cutthroat and, and being in the business that I'm in, I tried to connect with someone out of Chicago and, you know, we're not in my opinion, a direct competitor and maybe bounce ideas and it was a no-go. And I realized mm. quickly like, oh, okay, when you're in a niche market, right? And I think this is just in general, maybe not just because we're in a niche market, but um, I know, I remember actually, I, I couldn't have been more than 17. I worked in a salon in Birmingham and there was a makeup artist doing makeup and she came from New York and it was so prestigious, right? And I was watching her, she'd say, don't watch me. And I was like, ah, you know, scared. I'm 17. Oh, okay. And, you know, counting cash now. <laughs> um, but I learned a lot from her. But she was never, never willing to be open-handed. And I mm -hmm. think that part of anyone's success, even in life, is when you do live open-handed. And I always have. And always been supportive of that. And, you know, whether people call it karma or blessings or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, I just believe we don't raise, if, if your mission is to raise the industry and elevate others, which it is for me, then that means I do it in all areas of my life, even when it's, you know, maybe I'm losing business um, because of that. So, um, but I don't think, I think there's, people have insecurities. I'm very secure with what it is I'm doing and my mission and, you know, what it is that I want out of life after this is all said and done. Yeah. And, and if I didn't, if I wasn't supportive um, and, you know, helped helped artists or even my team rise above me, then I feel like my whole purpose in life is in question because that, that is my purpose. Absolutely. But I, I think insecurities, going back to your question, I think people, you know, it is cutthroat in most industries because people are insecure and they, their vision is money or their vision is prestige. Um, and maybe they don't have some, a bigger calling, you know, or a bigger purpose. So, so do you have a vision for, Next year, do you have a vision for five years from now, ten years from now? What is your vision as of now? I do. I always have a vision. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as personally, I really want to continue to develop my coaching skills. 
and I would like to have a podcast um, coaching women entrepreneurs or you know upcoming entrepreneurs, whether they're makeup artists or they want to do something else in life. Um, I really want to expand upon that. So, and it's kind of like a passion project, yeah. you know, more than it is a business. I don't, God knows I don't need another business, but um, <laughs> it is a passion project and it's something I really love and I get excited about. So I definitely plan to, to focus on that. But as far as the school, you know, we've, we have some big things coming up um, for the tenure. And so we won't say it now because we're, well, it'll be next yeah, year. But be, yeah. um, anyways, well, it doesn't matter. You'll, ha you'll have to see it all yeah. play out on social media. Um, but we have some really great things, some great changes, and we've definitely contemplated, do we open another school? Do we, you know, franchise? Do we, uh, there's definitely some talks about some bigger moves because um, we're in a position where we really have solidified what this, this business model looks like and it could really be easily repl replicated. So there has to be some big move because that's just how I operate, right? And we're at the yeah. 10 years, so we're kind of idling, yeah. uh, you know, what's the next big, huge thing? So right. we're in, in our lifelong space as far as I'm concerned, um, at least for a while, 10 years, because we have 10-year lease, so we won't be going anywhere. Right. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I know that we, we ne really need to talk about what's the next big step for MMA. So, yeah, those are the two things we're kind of talking about, whether it's satellite offices or a whole new location. Um, I, I think that that just may, may be something we do. That's a huge move. And are you thinking out of state? Are you thinking in state? Is out of state. Out of state, state? yeah. That's I think wonderful. that um, we'll probably try to get closer to, to the film industry. Um, we just have so much to offer. We yeah. really do. And as far as, you know, these aspiring artists who really want to end up there and are misguided, in my opinion, by some other schools or education, and they spend time and money and they're not qualified. And so I just feel like we could really do a great service to even the film industry by producing qualified artists. Yeah, absolutely. And artists that are sanitation safe too yeah i mean That's you know huge. nobody cares about that but we do yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. but the fact of the matter is the person that you know gets pink eye is going to care about it and then that's going to spread and that's going to spread and i think me personally i think that sanitation is going to become a whole whirlwind of itself i do i i'm really interested i can't i'll have to look uh, listen back to this episode when i'm like oh yeah uh, sanitation conversation is in its infancy. Yeah. Um, I'll say, oh, remember, and now we're going crazy because, yeah, you know. Yeah, time capsule. Yeah, yeah this no will kidding. be great because um, it is in its infancy because, like anything, when you're innovative, sometimes it's hard for people to catch on. Yeah. And even though I feel like, how are we not catching on? This is like a health concern. Yeah. Um, how is this not important? But, you know, it's all in due time. And um, I think, again, we've we've made our mark in the industry, and we're just going to continue to do that. It's mm -hmm. definitely one of those things that I think when the industry looks back, when you are starting this, it's going to look like this was way ahead of its time mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's going to look ridiculous that it hadn't blown up. But, um, no, I, I, I mean, that's, the, that's the, the sad part is that we can see that mm -hmm. in its future. But we should, you know, know, we should be, we should be seeing that in the present with, with yeah. nailing this, uh, this whole idea down. But um, we are, <coughs> we're getting past where we said we'd, we'd hold on to you. So, um, I think, I think ultimately, uh, we see, and we're going to talk to you again. Like mm -hmm. you're definitely going to be on the show again. But uh, I definitely hope that everybody has seen, because I, I, I see it, like how, how unique. This journey has been for yourself, and obviously, like you said, you're not going anywhere, so we've still got mm -hmm. more journey to come, so yeah. we're going to be able to catch up with you and see how uh, how the 10-year anniversary is going, mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, we'll be able to know exactly what we want to say in regards to the 10-year anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, if you had, uh, I don't know if you have any parting words uh, for, for the listeners in regards to, like... Um, just that last little ditty of you got to where you're at because of decision-making process or thought process. Is there anything you want to make sure that our listeners know in regards to like choosing themselves like you did uh, or, or just making sure that even if you're not there yet, there's still time? 
Yeah, I think probably, you know, there's so many cliche things like, oh, do what you love. You know, there's all kinds of things, especially in this day and age, that support, you know, follow your dream. But I would say what I think would be most useful to the to the listeners is sometimes you have to have a vehicle to get you there. Mm-hmm. And there's no mm-hmm. shame in that. Mm-hmm. So I loved makeup, but I loved teaching makeup more than I loved doing makeup. But nonetheless, I continued to do it, right? Yeah. And and even at the point where I said like five years ago, I almost hated it. It was like, oh my God, I got to get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday because I was, you know, beauty bridal artist. Yeah. Um, but I plunged through. And so I think that, you know, just don't fall outside of whatever industry or passion you have because you're discouraged or because there isn't work. You know, whatever you can do to stay in that industry and have a vehicle to get you to your destination is not anything to be ashamed of, right? And so um, I just say stick with it because it, when you're passionate about something and really, really want to make this your career and our passion and and you might not know like as as we've seen in my journey I didn't really know where it was taking me but I always knew I love teaching I love leading and I love something about makeup so I I think if you you know look at yourself and say well what are my skills and what do I love and you just learn to combine all that you're going to figure it out but stay in there and don't be ashamed of the vehicle you have to use to get there well, thank you so much, Devon. Yeah, uh, thank it, you, Devon. It, yeah, it, it does, yeah, like like I said, uh, we're not <laughs> we're not just brown nosing when we say you know we were actually super excited before this started. Uh, I have a lot I, to tell, so I'm a great yes. um, guest. If anything, <laughs> you are, you're a fantastic guest. <laughs> just just at least to watch the levels on uh, on the microphone, you are now my favorite guest. Uh, to make sure that we're actually picking everything up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, as I said before, we're going to catch up, so I can't wait for that conversation. Kelsey, again, a pleasure. Uh, and uh, we'll catch up with everybody on uh, our, our Make Up Your Life audience. And uh, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we're going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. So head on over, let everybody know how you feel. And uh, we hope to catch up with you again shortly. Bye, everybody. Thank you.